Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Need a little, that's what friends are for. The good times and bad times. Why do you need a little, that's what friends are for? I'll be on your side forevermore. Wow. Yeah, that's good. You got it, Die? Ah, Super Die's got it. I love that song. Oh, all the feels. Look at Allie. We lost her. So good. <laughs> Little Dion Warwick. Got a friend that's got the glad glads right now. Is it Allie? Allie's got the glad glads. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm glad I got the chance to say. I don't sing music like they used to. Talking choosing friends today, guys. Big small group giveaway coming up. Sing along, Ellie. She is, you just can't hear her. She's Millie Vanilla. <laughs> She's gone. She's lost her eyes. This is a shot. good song. Just... Perfect That's with slush what friends outside. are for. Good times and bad times. Allie's put a little mustard on. I'll be on your side. She's Why? Because that's what friends are for. I don't know. <laughs> Working with her for eight long years, I never felt her on my side. Oh, wait a minute. Well, you came in open me. Who is that? Is that Stevie Wonder? Stevie. Oh, yeah. Man. Forgot he was in this. About 40 years younger, right here. Yeah, than he is now? Yeah. Still has pipes. Oh, yeah. Stevie's great. Friends are important. For sure. That's what friends are for. In good times, in bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. Oh, that's what friends are for. Welcome aboard, everyone. Pop quiz for you. Yeah. Dionne Warwick, Stevie Wonder, two other well-known artists on that song. Can you name one? Oh, goodness. Let me take a shot here. One of the two. Two others. Well-known. Also collaborated on that song. Oh, wow. Are Did we... they have voices in them? Because I only heard two. Marvin Gaye? No. Um, no. Give, give you one yeah, more let's, guess. Let's keep thinking it over here a second. I'm probably going to be shocked. It was Elton John. Elton John. Oh, really? And Gladys Knight. Oh. Song I released her. I in 85. It was nominated Grammy Award for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group and Grammy for Record of the Year. This was a hit. So Elton and Gladys, they sang? They were also uh, listed as part of the group that released this song. Okay. So 
I can't tell you what part they sang, but yeah. that, I, I think I heard Elton in there in retrospect. Really? Yeah, because I heard another male voice, and I'm like, who's huh. that? Elton and go. Gladys, Dion and Stevie came together for that hit. There we go. We're talking choosing friends today. Best friend you've ever had in your life, Allie. Oh, wow. Besides Henry. Besides Henry, my husband. Um, probably my sister. Both of my sisters, but my older sister in particular, we we were cl- closest growing up. Yeah. So she, You guys were buddies, weren't you? Yeah, so she was a little under two years older than me, and... You know, once I got over being kind of jealous that everything she did seemed like a little bit better (laughs) than everything I did once I kind of got over that, you know, she was the one who who sort of paved the path for me. She helped me be a little bit bolder and a little bit more confident and pushed me out a little bit. And, you know, to this day now, we're quite a bit older and still we'll call and run things by each other. And I'm grateful to have two sisters that are, are great friends. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, we're going to be talking about choosing friends today. We're going to have some tough stuff and some encouraging stuff, and it's going to be a good morning here for sure. But have you thought about the impact of your friends, those closest to you? And I think sometimes we ignore the fact that our friends do impact us significantly. Who we surround ourselves with matters. Coming up here in a moment, we're going to go to a couple central passages of Scripture, and we're going to even be taking your phone calls today. We're going to have some fun call-in segments. We're going to have some tougher call-in segments, but we're going to have a sweet time. Choosing friends, vitally important. And one of the coolest things that we find in Scripture is that Scripture cuts like a knife between bone and marrow, and it gives us absolute certainty about friends. And choosing who you surround yourself with and choosing who you are as you surround other people, ooh, boy, it's important. We'll be talking about it today. This is Cody Carnes, Firm Foundation. Good morning, Boom Crew. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and your mind. All right, let's get practical this morning. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Love this passage of scripture. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, (laughs) two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. This often uses a marriage passage, and that's fine, but it's not marriage. This has to do with forming good friendships, and it's much broader than just marriage. And the threefold cord is the presence of God in the middle of it all. Isn't that something? The divine presence of God comes together when we find someone who are, we are yoked up with in passion, uh, in divinity, our commitment to God, and in our commitment to help one another. It's a big deal. So it's not a matter of just finding a friend. It's the right kind of friend, obviously. It describes three kinds, three aspects of this friendship. 
One is multiplied impact, and I've shared this probably two dozen times on this morning's show, but this analogy from Draft Horses is great. Let me get you the actual stats here. If you've got two draft horses, and you, well, let's just say you've got one. One draft horse on average can pull about 8,000 pounds, and you've seen these draft horses. They're like the working class Clydesdales. Okay. They're the, the blue collar oh, yeah. Clydesdales. They're hairy boogers, but they aren't Beautiful. near as aristocratic as the Clydesdales. True, true. They're not the Budweiser horses, <laughs> but they're draft horses. And I've seen a lot of draft horses, and they are just built to work. So one horse can pull 8,000 pounds. That's a ton. It is. That's a lot. That's a lot of weight. So you think one plus one equals what? 16,000 pounds, right? You put two draft horses side by side and have them pull. And because of their friendship and partnership, they can pull 24,000 pounds Mm. together. Now, how do you explain that? I have no idea. I actually don't know. Yes, you do. I do? Yeah. Because you understand you understand your dog. Yeah. You understand psyche in a dog. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen your dog frown? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a cat smile. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. Absolutely. We had, I've seen a dog uh, smile, too. Two nights ago, we had one of the happiest cats I've ever seen in our home. <laughs> wow. And the reason is, is a little backstory on this. There, these poor cats of ours had their domicile invaded by two labradoodles that were insane. Oh. These poor guys, they ran upstairs and they didn't come down for five days. Oh, wow. We had to move food dishes and everything. Because of the, your dog visitors? Your daughters. Yeah. And they were stressing. Oh. We had cat hair falling out of them. Oh, gosh. Oh. No. Oh, it was bad. One quit eating. Oh, my. Yeah, because it was oh, a bad my. deal. So we come back from a little bit of a break. The dogs are gone. And everything was normal again. Two nights ago, I looked at my bride. I said, look at that big old boy, Sozo, being saved and healed. And he's laying there on a landing, like his perch. Like, yes, everything is back where it should be. His kingdom is in order again. And and he was smiling. I said, babe, that crazy cat of yours is smiling. (laughs) And he had a look on his face like, we're good. Dogs are... I don't care if they're dead, but they're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Right? They're just gone. So there's something about animals and emotion that they have. Oh, yeah. And I just know that I know that there's no way to figure this mathematically. It's emotional. Yeah, which is something I feel like it's only a metaphor that God could have created mm-hmm. because you're right there. That, and that's why I was confused at the beginning. Cause there is literally no scientific explanation as to why that should be possible. Oh, scientifically two should pull 16,000 pounds. Yeah, but they don't, they pull 24. No, they pull 24. Doesn't make any sense. This is the way it was with my dog team. Yeah. I mean, you, this is funny. I've never shared this. So in a dog team, they run side by side, right? Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. couplets of two all the way out. And my lead dogs will be 60, 70 feet out in front of me. But one of the things that I learned to do over years of mushing is team up dogs that were buddies together. Really? Yeah. So I try to get their closest friends together. Hmm. Because when these close buddies ran together, wow. Now, when they were running with one that they didn't really like, I'd be like, pirate, come on, buddy. (laughs) Pirate. Come on. Pirate was a good young dog. 
he was he was a super athlete. He went on to he went on to win the Iditarod Trail Race. Oh, really? In Rick Swenson's team. That's cool. Another year or two later. Um, Pirate was a great dog. But if I put him beside one of the two twin sisters, the, the White-Eyes girls, he didn't like them too much. He's, I think he had a little jealousy about them because they were good lead dogs. He didn't have quite the gray matter of these girls. But he would go, he'd go a little bit slack. But if I put him beside George... George? Yeah. I love that. If name. I put him beside George. George. You had a dog named George. Yeah, I didn't name him that. It was George was actually Dick Mackey's, one of his wheel dogs. Huge hairy booger. Looked like a woolly mammoth. George. I mean, he was he had hair. He had hair that was so long I, I could never run him without booties on because his hair between his pads. Oh, you get those snowballs. Insto collects yeah. snow. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Like a lot of dogs, they'd collect it after maybe 10, 20 miles. Not yeah. George. Two steps. He's got snowballs <laughs> under his feet. So I had I had booties on George constantly. In fact, I'd tell him, I hope you appreciate this, but the rest of this team I'm not having to put booties on. I booty you. Every day, all day long. <laughs> and if you, you quit running, you're not getting any booties. Yeah, George was, uh, he he was in Dick Mackey's team when Dick Mackey won the Iditarod the year before I went. That's awesome. And so yeah. I went to okay. Dick Mackey and I was, it's actually, I actually purchased George for a whopping sum of money back in that day of $500, which was wow. probably 5000 today. Big cheddar, yeah. It was big cheddar. For a kid working at 17 years old, working <laughs> yeah. at a lumber yard, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of money. A little bit. But, but, so, but if I put George and Pirate beside each other, they're like, let's go. Huh. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Uh, it's just good grief. Very cool. Going back to George. Alaska here. Yeah, George was something else. George and Pirate side by side. And they were the odd couple. Because Pirate was an athlete and George is just pure brawn. But George would George George would compete with with Pirate and he would he would be like, I can outrun him. I can outrun him. And I'd I'd have to tell George, George. And this way it worked. I'm standing back there on the runners and I'd call their names and they knew I was talking to them. I'd say, George, easy. Easy, bud. You're going to burn yourself out. And you could almost, I could almost see his shoulders relax while he's running and be like, yeah, he's right. Wow. I can't keep up with Pirate. That <laughs> that that's so good. Stuff. I love it. Yeah, I it's just that. cool stuff. But how cool that God says that good friends are like two draft horses who spur each other on and love each other enough that they can drag away. 24,000 pounds of product. They have good reward for their toil. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so cool. So if you find a good friend, you got multiplied impact. And I know this to be true. Uh, I feel that way here. I don't feel contention. Sometimes when we're really in the sweet spot, I feel like we're running good here, man. We can pull away some pounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But get some goober in here and it's going to shut the whole show down no i'm serious about You're that right. someone that we don't let's be accurate someone that we don't really connect with what's it going to do to the show yeah it's it, going to stay it hurts yeah. it absolutely right. you have to be able to have connection because we have to be friends all of life is like this guys yeah all of life is like this so multiplied impact is one that we find out of here coming up in a moment we'll give you two more right in one little central passage of scripture three undeniable realities about choosing a phenomenal friend. Hang on.
choosing friends here today and uh, one of the cool realities out of Ecclesiastes 4 9 through 12 is that two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil and I hate to compare you to a draft horse boom crew but we're draft horses <laughs> yeah and we need uh, we need to be coupled up with someone who can spur us on I talked about radio team here if we're coupled up with if we brought in and I'm telling you one person that doesn't jive with us spiritually here and isn't intent upon making disciples. And let's say they want to come in here and do bubblegum Jesus. Sure. Well, bubblegum Jesus ain't going to cut it. You yeah. know what it's going to do? We're going to be fighting against this person, something fierce. Yeah, not pulling with. Oh, we won't be pulling with them. No. We'll be getting ticked. We'll be throwing stuff in here, <laughs> throwing them out. That's like Ordinary Die. We booted wow. her years ago. Ordinary <sighs> Die. Cause... I thought you were saying she was here. No, she, you know, the last time you sent her out, yeah. she was gonzo for good. <laughs> ordinary die. Man. Yeah, ordinary die. Only super die. Only super dies will do. So multiplied impact is is an important thing here. Uh, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to news with a good friend's song here. But I'm going to give, I'm going to give a, one more from Ecclesiastes 4. Okay. Life support. Think about this. Woe to him who is alone. When he falls down, he has no one to pick him up. Ooh. If you got a good friend, you got someone who's going to pick you up when you're down. And that's a powerful thing. Love to use this analogy. I've never had to do it, but I got friends that are phenomenal mountaineers, mountain climbers, or they were in their day. <laughs> got a buddy of mine that had a, a remote lodge called Ultimate Thule in the middle of nowhere. That means ultimate adventure. And it's in the middle of the Wrangell St. Elias Mountains. It's the only in hundreds of thousands of acres, one of the largest national parks in the United States of America, uh, is my buddy's resort. Mm. It, it, it ain't cheap. Yeah. I mean, he's had, you name it, they've all been out there. Mm. And nobody, these celebrities, when they go out there, they'll rent the whole place. Yeah. And I think, I think the, I think the cost for his joint is like ten grand a day. Wow, something like that. Yeah. It's a big deal. So, it's he talks about these climbers and oh my goodness, guys, when you're climbed, when you're when you're roped in and ascending, let's say the West Ridge of McKinley. I guess they call it Denali now, but in my mind, it's always been McKinley, and it always will it's be. Like I'm an Tower. old guy. Sears Tower. Will yeah, it's Sears Tower. That's what we're talking about. Always. That's exactly it. So McKinley has, it's a pretty easy climb. Now it's altitude, so. Sure. Guys like Ray Genet, he was one of the first mountaineers on that mountain that became a guide. He was kind of Alaska's Sherpa. I think he ascended the summit something like 72 times or something crazy. And he was the one guy that could take a step, a breath, and take another step and a breath. But most climbers are one step, two breaths, another step, two breaths. 
So step. Another step. Now, wow. pretty easy climb. Tactically, not that tough sure. until you get to the West Ridge. It's the last little ridge before you get to the summit. And if you fall off either side of the West Ridge, you're dead. Dead. There's no option. So they rope up. Well, the wind blows up on that ridge hard. And if somebody gets blown off one side of the ridge, you know what his buddy has to do? Jump off the opposing side. It's terrifying. Yep. Wow. Yeah, you dive to save your friend and yourself. Because if they go down. They, they go, go down, down and they drag you with them. Or, or you're, you're kind of ambivalent as to whether or not you want to sell out going the opposite way. You, good chance you'll all go down. Now, they got, they got clamp-ons and they've got a lot of things that they're tied into that rope with, but it's very dangerous. Sure. That's the kind of friends we need. Someone that sees us fall, they're going, all right, man, we're going to stay alive. I'm going the other way, and I'll see you at the ridge when yeah. we climb back up. And God wants us to have those kind of people. Coming up in a minute, we're going to play friendship songs all day. I can feel it right now. I'm going to get all reminiscent about Alaska here today. <laughs> there ain't no Great. way around it. I like it. Good. I was too chicken to be a big mountain climber, guys. I'm telling you right now. I, had, I got a lot of friends that are climbers. I mean, phenomenal climbers. I'm and they're sure. like, Carl, you're built for this. You can do it. I said, I don't have it between the ears, boys. I'll stay on the ground and go with the dog team 1,100 miles. <laughs> Any day. <laughs> Any the day. Climber Ridge. <laughs> Hang on. Coming up after news, there's a third part about having good friends out of Ecclesiastes 4. I mean, good friends. That is just killer. Hang on. Hey, Boom Crew. This is Matt Forte. Huddle up because we're taking our next step with Jesus here on Carl and Crew in the morning. All right, Super Die. Yes. National champs, Woo! Michigan Wolverines. I'm happy for them. And man, they really defeated yeah, Washington. 34-13. They thumped yeah, them. They I know. It. I know. Penix and company. They would love to have that game back. They yeah, just got sure. off on the wrong foot. Yeah. I went to bed right after Penix threw that pick at the opening mm. of the sec first play of the second half. Either two. Mm. I'm like, it's over. Oh bummer. Yeah. But good kids. Mm. It's fun to see kids compete, isn't it? I like mm. college stuff. Because there's a, I don't know, man, there's a vibe with college ball. Sure. I mean, look at the, uh, what's uh, the big dance? What's it called? The big dance. Basketball. Mar March, Madness. March Madness. Oh. I mean, there's something about March Madness. Yeah. You can't match that in the pros. Look, I love pro playoffs and all that. I love that. But there's something about March Madness. Oh, yeah. With the kids. Yeah. yeah. It's properly named March Madness. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's losing their minds. It's true. So what was final score? 34-13, something yeah, like that? 34-13. Yeah, they blew them out. Yeah. Uh, you know what was surprising about that game is that the Washington offensive line had won something like offensive line of the year. Yeah. They were, I mean, a four-man rush from Michigan was making Washington Huskies look like Swiss cheese. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just a four-man rush. Absolutely. It was something else. And it's their first title since 1997. Okay. For Michigan. There we oh, go. Yeah. Hey, did the uh, Pelicans get beat by the Bulls last night? No, it was the Hornets. Hornets, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, and yes, we did beat them in overtime. Very, very, very good game. 119-112, Bulls took the win. 
They are off today. Yeah, so it was a nice, nice win there. Blackhawks were off. They will host Edmonton this evening, and there's your sports. Does it change the day off, Allie, when these pro ball players get a win and then they get a day off versus get a loss and a day off? It's got to change that day off. Oh, sure. Going into the day off is just better. Everybody's a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. Henry, Allie's hubs, was a professional basketball player in mainly in Europe, in Europe exclusively, right, for his uh, career? For the most part. For the most yep. part. Uh, Sharpshooter, three-point crazy man. He and Trajan Langdon, speaking of Alaskans, Trajan Langdon was coached by my son's high school coach at East High School. My son then mm-hmm. went to West High School when Chuck White moved over there, but Trajan Langdon was known as the Alaskan assassin. Yeah, they, him, he and my husband had some great battles in Europe. Did they? Yeah. That's cool. Now, he could drain some outside shots. They, yeah, so they, they had some epic matchups they will still joke about when they see each other. Really? Oh, I love yeah. it. Small Lots world. of friendships formed. It, you know, the interesting thing about living abroad, and I did for, for quite a few years, is that Friendships almost come more easily because people are Yeah, there's looking. a common. There's a commonality. Yeah. You're like, oh, you speak English? Hey, let's be friends. You want to hang out? So Isn't that funny of, how that works? Some of my richest years of friendship were spent across the world where there, there weren't a lot of us, but we kind of banded together. Yeah, it's great. Anything else going on in sports? No, we're good. We're good. We're good. Connor Bedard, jaw cracked. Yeah. Yeah, he's still, healed up. yeah he's still on your yeah, list for, for yeah, sure. Anyone in here ever had a cracked jaw? No, thankfully no. No, I've I never. The, the only bone I've ever broken was a pinky toe. What was it? <laughs> Cracking that on an end table. <laughs> wow, a pinky toe. Yeah, that I'll was you while what. you were here, right? Yeah, remember you I, hobbling around in a boot for yeah, a couple days. It, it was the worst. I, my wife, we, in our old apartment, we had a closet with some stuff at the top, and she pulled something out, and the rest of it was coming down, and so she yelled for me to help, and I came to help. I put my hands on all of it. I said, okay, my hands are on it. It's braced. You can let go. So she let go. And this marble toothpaste holder fell from (laughs) probably about two feet above my head right onto my pinky toe and just popped that little bone in half. Ooh. Those, those marble toothpaste holders. Know, those are gotta lethal watch weapons. Out. <laughs> you know what I did after that? I threw that thing away. I said, I don't need this marble toothpaste holder. It's going to oh. the trash. Wow. I was wandering through our home one night in Little Rock, Arkansas, and trying to be really quiet. And I thought, you know, you figure you got things mapped out in your mind in pitch black. One morning I get up and I'm moving fast. Yeah. From the closet to the restroom. <laughs> and there is this uh there's this uh what's it called? The little uh, uh the little hutch at the base of the bed and god what's it called? Oh, like a like or a like chest. A yeah, a chest. chest. It's yeah. like a chest. And it's got four pieces of hardwood on all four corners. Oh, sure no. it does. That are that are <laughs> <laughs> that are squared off. Why wouldn't it? And oh. I'm rolling. And in my mind, I'm clearing this by six inches to a foot. Oh, I'm yeah. around that corner. And boom. No problem. And I brought my left foot forward. Oh. Wham! Oh. I dropped to my face on that floor. Just good. Oh, yeah. It's the most painful thing you can experience. One of my greatest joys in life is I don't believe I woke up my bride. That oh, is, man. I just laid there. That's pride oh. going. That's a pride okay. move right there. I thought Absolutely. it shattered. It, it was almost disappointing. The pain was so bad, I thought I've got shattered toes. I had n- nary a toe <laughs> was broken. There's nothing you can do about it either. Just yeah, lots you of just pain. wrap them together, kind of thing. And yeah. 
I'm going to put a sock on it, headed for work. You've never yep. broken a bone? I have never broken a bone. That is and isn't really that crazy? Impressive. Crazy considering oh, your wild Alaska Commercial adventures. fishing, dog mushing, yeah. losing whole teams. I, I had a dog. <laughs> I had a wheel dog when I was training for the Iditarod who bit the gang line. Now, the gang line is the line that goes right down the center of a dog team. So it holds them all together. Okay. <laughs> he bit through that thing. And I'm, I'm looking... And it's like with two bites, he went, mm, mm. with two bites, he got through polypropylene, a three-quarter inch chunk of wow. rope. And there's a little hair hanging on. And if I lose them, I got a mess. You're not gonna, yeah. They, oh, when no. I find them two miles down the road, they're right. going to be in a ball of dog, <laughs> yeah. like 10 dogs, just in a big ball. So I'm like, no, I put the snow hook in, I run up. Guys, I'm all by myself. I got no one. I have a little bit of rope on me. I'm holding on to 10 dogs that are screaming, trying to get away. And it is like, it's like that torture device where they stretch out your arms and they, you know what I'm saying? You're holding on to one side oh, yeah. and oh, attention on oh, the other. And I'm like, and I, <laughs> the I Hulk? All, my, all my ligaments are going to get stretched. It was brutal. But no, I've never broken a bone. It's wild. Great. Impressive. Man. Okay, we're talking friendship here today. We've waited long enough. Let me go through these three that come out of Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. One is multiplied impact. When you find a friend, two are truly better than one because they have good reward for their toil. One plus one in the kingdom of God when you find a good friend equals, th equals three. Isn't that cool? I mean, that's just that's an awesome. awesome thing. And then you find that you have life support when you fall down. You've got someone to pick you up, but you also got someone who's got your back. Have you ever noticed that the spiritual life is a stinking street fight? Yeah. No kidding. It's a street fight, man. Yeah, it is. And Satan's playing so unfair. He's got spiritual switchblades out. We got the sword of the spirit. He's got switchblades. And he's brutal. Yeah. So we need someone to go booty kicking with us in the spiritual realm. Someone who's got our back. Yeah. And this is why we can't walk alone. And I don't know where you're at today, but if you're walking alone, you need to get a friend. And you need to get one soon. And I'm talking someone... So let's just break this down. You got to have someone who's going to be a running partner so that one plus one equals three. You got to have someone that if you fall down, they're there to pick you up. And you got to have someone who's got your back in a spiritual street fight. You just got to have it. And when you have that person, you'll know it. So we're going to open up phone lines. You have a person like that. One plus one equals three. When you fall down, they're there to pick you up. And when you get in a spiritual street fight with Satan and demonic forces, you got someone to call who's going to battle on your behalf. Give us a call right now. We want to hear about that friendship. 312-274-9624. Tell us about him or her. 312-274-9624. Sometimes in our lives, we all have pain. We all
and friends here today. It's a beautiful thing. Ecclesiastes 4 says, when you find a friend, a real friend, they're going to be someone who is going to give you multiplied impact. Two are better than one. Going to give you life support, and they got your back when you get in a spiritual street fight. I want to give you a heads up, since we're talking about friendships today, about a giveaway. This is a surprise giveaway that's happening for small groups. You know, that group that you gather with maybe weekly or biweekly. We're going to be giving away a 10-pack of books, Carl's uh, book, The Seven Resolutions. So if you are a small group leader or you're part of a small group and you have the opportunity to influence what's being read or studied, we've got a giveaway coming up in about 10 minutes. 10 minutes away. I know you said this is a Thursday thing, right? Normally, yes, we'll do it again on Thursday, but because we're talking about friends, we threw it in on Tuesday as well. Choose Friends is one of the resolutions. It's the fourth resolution in the seven resolutions, and um, I think it's something that can really change your life. I really do, really do. When you start looking at the Word of God going, whoa, this is what a friend is? I don't know if I've got a friend like that. Who has a friend like that out there, Allie? Let's see. Let's go to the phones. Johnny from Wheaton. You have a friend like that? Tell us the story. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, um, I wanted to brag on my friend David because uh, we worked together up at Silver Birch Ranch, the Christian summer camp in uh, northern Wisconsin, and we have been friends ever since. We now live, both live in the Chicagoland suburbs, and I just got married over the summer, and his uh, spiritual encouragement uh, throughout that season and just throughout, I mean, you know, high school, college, uh, and now in the married life and early career uh, has been uh, second to none as we both, you know, pursue a relationship, you know, growing, taking that next step in our relationship with Christ. And, mm. uh, you know, a few key examples, just like, you know, texting and different accountability things. And then also he was a guy who showed up and there was a lot of guys I could brag on that showed up, but, uh, you know, I wanted to shout him out. Right on. Friendship right on. Because he might be listening this morning too. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, statistically speaking, he's a good friend. <laughs> That's awesome, Johnny. Isn't it great to have a friend like that, bro dog? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely been a blessing. We both prayed for, and uh, we're thankful to you know be able to encourage each other and spur each other on. That's great, Johnny. Wow. How old are you, Johnny? I'm 22. Couple of things. Thank you for being a real man. The fact that you're in, that intentional with your relationship with God, um, and I thank you for calling in too, because very rarely can a guy here make. Young Thunder feel old, but <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say twenty two, but he sounds older and more mature wow, than I, I know. Am. He's yeah. one mature twenty two year old. I love. What it. do you do for a living, Johnny? I actually work at a, a church in the Chicagoland suburbs, uh, Avenue Christian Church. Got to shout him out. Uh, just That's recently right. came on there full time. Wasn't planning on going into full time ministry, but the Lord called me, and yeah. uh, it's been a blessing to do it. And way to go, Johnny. Godspeed to yeah. you, man. Wow. Any pastor Thank that's you. calling in, 22 year olds old and following Jesus like you, guess mm-hmm. what you're getting, dude? <laughs> Carl and Cruz Prize back. back. Stay on the horn, Johnny. We'll get, we'll get you loaded up. I love it. Pretty sweet, isn't it, guys? Wow. Yeah, that's great. Two are better than one. Two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who's alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up again. If two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Isn't that cool? 
Ecclesiastes talks about a street fight. I love yep. that. Isn't yeah. that great? A friend who has your back. <laughs> Going on the road? Tune in wherever you drive. Just text APP to 312-274-9624. Time for a big giveaway. <gasps> right now? Yeah. Okay, we're ready. <laughs> this is our small group group book bundle giveaway. We're giving away 10 copies of the seven resolutions really going to help you get your new year started off right. Not one of those resolutions. I'm going to try to do this this year. No, this is you partnering with God. This is you killing sin. This is you managing your time. All of these seven resolutions. You can go through them as a group. You're going to get the planner as well. So if you are a small group leader or member of a small group and you have some influence and you can ensure uh, pretty pretty confidently that this book will be put to good use, then we want you to call in and try to win it for your group. Start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Coming up in two minutes, we're gonna we're gonna pray for friends. Oh, we got Jay. We got a winner here, Allie. Jay, congratulations! You won our small group giveaway. Jay, tell us a little bit about your small group. How you're gonna put these books to use? That is so awesome. But uh, we're go to a church called Journey in Addison, Illinois, and my wife and I lead a small group. Oh. Good. And we're looking to start this, and I actually have a copy that Steve, I mean, Carl, signed for me. Oh, wow. So we are so excited. Oh, Jay, I'm excited for you. This is really cool. That's really cool. Sweet. And we saw you guys at the Boom Cruise this summer. That was awesome. Oh, yes. We listened to you guys every morning for, I don't know, 30 years. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's awesome. Man. Jay, thank you. Thanks so much. And we actually started the seven resolutions. Uh, every morning, my wife reads maybe three or four pages, and that's part of our quiet time. Oh, wow. oh that's so good. Yeah, more power to Sweet. you, Jay. Well, we discipleship. We are so to start our, our small group maybe next uh, quarter with this book study. Oh. We are so excited. Oh, that's great. Jay, I'm so glad yeah. you're the winner. That is fantastic. How about them apples? I love that. Wow. Wow. So much. It's so good. It's exciting to hear. Uh, now, we've now heard from three or four different small group leaders and, and they're how all, they're going to use it. They're all on point. I have such yeah. a plan for it. It's it's clear that each winner, it's like God just knew. Yeah. So very, very cool. We're going to do this again in the 8 o'clock hour uh, today and then again on Thursday. So a couple more opportunities to win if you're a small group leader or you want to let your small group leader know uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour today. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Um, you know, we've been talking about choosing friends, and we've been in this central passage. We didn't plan on being here this long, but we've been having a lot of fun with it. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. You know, when you have a good friend, you have multiplied impact. One plus one equals three. That's what Ecclesiastes says, and it's true. You have life support. Somebody falls down, you got someone to pick them up. And you got someone who's got your back when you're in a spiritual street fight. Now, given those three, I want to ask you something. Do you need prayer for a friend like that? All I want you to do right now is if you do not have a friend like that, but you want prayer for a friend like that, and you are at the point where you're like, I need this. We're going to pray for you. Just give us your just give us your first name, just your first name. Just text our number 312-274-9624. We'll get through as many as we can. I have no idea how many are going to text in here, but yeah. it could be a good number. We'll get through as many as we can. 
274-9624. We'll lift up your first name before the Lord and just say, Lord, please do a work here. Honor the request of your children as they seek to find a friend who can lift them up, who can have multiplied impact, who's got your back in a spiritual street fight. 312-274-9624, just your first name, and we'll be praying straight ahead. You raise me up so I can't stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me Carly Crew Mornings, helping you take your next step with Jesus. Today we're talking about choosing friends, and quite candidly, some of you hear these words out of Ecclesiastes 4 and it breaks your heart because you're like, shoot, Carl, I don't, I don't have anyone that's got my back in a spiritual street fight or life support when I fall down, and I certainly don't have multiplied impact. I don't have a running partner, not a spiritual one or a good one. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe. We've got a lot of you that have texted in your first name, and uh, we're going to jump right in right now. Let's just lift up these beautiful people before the Lord, and let's pray believing Chicagoland. Here we go, Alan. Yeah. Lord, we thank you that you are our friend, Lord. But God, you also give us, give us people, Lord, to walk with us, Lord, for multiplied impact, Lord, so that we're not walking alone, so that when we're down, someone's there to lift us up, Lord, so that when we're up against it, someone that's got our back. So, God, for those who've texted in and the cry of their heart today is, Lord, I need a friend like that. God, I bring before you Christy and Karen and Brittany and Greg and Ron, Steve and Laura, Vivian, Stephanie, Kara, Darla, Nancy, Morgan, Evie, Julie, Rebecca, Erica, Sue, Lori, Judy, Nicole, Christian, Daniel, Rose, Linda, Karen, Clint, Barb, Debbie, Jocelyn, David, Michael, Kathy, Debbie, Jerome, Tom, M, Linda, Maria, Mary Ellen. Lord, these, they need friends, God. Yeah. And it's just a simple request, but it's an important one, God, because we know if it's important to you, then God, you've told us to come to you to ask what we need, Lord, we're your children. And so for these names, God, would you bring them a friend, Lord? Would you bring them a person who's going to be uh, an ally with them, who's going to build them up, Lord, who's going to be a kingdom partner, Lord? Do it, Lord. You know where it's going to come. It. Maybe it's a relationship that's already in their life, God, that they need to see differently with new eyes. Maybe it's someone that they'll meet at church or at work. But God, bring them a friend. Yeah. Lord, we ask you to do it, and we believe that you will. We do. We believe as we're praying here right now, God, that you're on the move. So for Gina and Kathy and Elisa and Allison and Robin and Tina and Yadira and Ben and Lynn and Scott and Amy and Maureen and Natalie and Jonathan and Isabella and Jim and Danielle and Mark and Juanita and Louis and Luis and Rocco and Lori Janice, William, Doug, Shirley, Amy. Lord, 
Linda, Stacy, Tim, Josh, Brian. Lord, I just want to agree with Allie, and we just stop and we just say, in Jesus' name, Lord, what's on my heart is I pray that you would give every one of these people that we are praying for this morning eyes to see yeah. so that they're not missing the answer, God. Give them eyes to see and give them, help them look in the right places. Help them find, if they are not in, find a Bible-preaching church with loving people and give them eyes to see. Give them the courage to step out of their comfort zone and to see what you have provided today. I believe you're providing right now. I believe we're going to see answers to these prayers, and I give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua, Jackie, Kathy, Brian. Amanda just texted in. God sees those hearts, doesn't he, Allie? Yes, and for any names that we may have missed, God knows. God knows what you need. He does. Okay, uh, Allie, we got a question? Yeah, someone who said, you know, I don't seem to be a good judge of character. Please help me to choose good God-fearing friends. I think that's a, it's a layer to this that's worth talking about. How do you pick the right friends. How do you know that the person, you know, it's, it's more than just, oh, we're compatible. We kind of like each other. You know, that's enough when you're in elementary school. We're in the same class and you do your hair like I do. So let's be friends. Right. You, you got, you want to have the right people or the consequences can be great. I'm, the, I'm passionate about this and I've actually got some answers and receipts. So I'm going to give it to you right now. I'm not going to delay. I am big on this principle that we find in Hebrews 12, run in such a way as to win the prize, right? So the whole metaphor is running. And I've told single men and women this, thousands upon thousands this at conferences and a single adult ministry that we've led. And I'm going to tell you right now, the same way you find a good friend is the same way you find a great spouse. I promise you. This is money back. It is, is it full assurance? No. But I've married over 100 couples. You know how many divorces we have with 100, over 100 couples? Mm. Three. That's awesome. It's not a bad rate. When yeah. the divorce rate is 50%, you know, out we there got in the three. world, you got three out of 100. That's awesome. And have, have there been conflicts in some of those marriages? Big ones, just like me and Jubes. Sure. We had conflict in our marriage early on in marriage, big time. But there's something that you've got to do that we often, you know, if, if you're, if you're looking for some, what are you looking for? If you're looking for a friend, what are you looking for? Well, I'll tell you one thing for certain, and I'll give you what I say to um, a man or a woman that are looking for a spouse, and then you can translate it to friends okay? because I think it's hugely similar. A lot of people that are looking for a spouse this is what they do. They metaphorically stop and they're looking around. <laughs> Sure. They go to a church. You're looking around. Let yep. me tell you something. You could find a good spouse at church and you could find a lousy spouse at church. <laughs> True. <laughs> Straight yeah. up lousy. Both like worst husband of the year award lousy. So going to church doesn't ensure you're going to find a great spouse. Now, I'm being hyperbolic. Is there a better chance you're going to find someone darkening the doors of a church, especially in this day and age, post-Christian? Yeah. But you might find a knucklehead. There's a higher level of probability that you're going to find a great spouse, and we'll translate this to friend here, if you are 
running in such a way as to win the prize. I tell single people all the time, don't stop and look for a spouse. Run toward Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And here's what happens. I got to get up to do this. As you're running <laughs> toward Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, yeah. you're going full tilt, baby. <laughs> yeah. Right? Absolutely. But you've got spiritual peripheral vision. Yes. And as you're running, I'm running the race. I'm throwing off sin and all that stuff that easily entangles. And you look up. And if you're a dude, you look up and you go, Shazam! Look at that little gal right there running alongside me. Now, she might not even be looking for you. Yeah. But you see a gal that's running after Jesus more than looking for a spouse. That's a better fishing hole to go looking in, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Trust me. Absolutely. I'm convinced that when you're looking for a spouse, don't stand and look around. Get moving with Jesus. And as you're moving along with Jesus, you'll look over, look left or look right. And you'll go, wow, there's an imperfect person running after the same Savior. Yeah. 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 And I think the parallel for friendship is obvious. I mean, boom. You're serving, you're active in ministry, you are pursuing Jesus, and then you're more likely to meet people who are on that same path. Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Absolutely. It has served me so well. And I've had guys come to me going, dude, this is changing the way I'm I'm even dating. Because I used to, you know, you look for a hot chick walking in and she's like this and that, she's got this going. That's great and all. But more than the staying power is not hot chickdom. That ain't going to keep it going. What's going to keep it going is as if this young lady is intentional in her pursuit of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You got way better chance of staying powder power through the long haul because marriage gets tough and looks ain't going to keep it sticking. I mean, I'm just giving truth here. Yeah, and I think I'm trying to think of how this would apply to friendship because I think there have been times, and I've certainly been guilty of this, where, you know, when you think about uh, pursuing a partner, you're looking for somebody who is you're uh, initially attracted to, and that's important. Oh, you gotta be physically attracted. Friends, sometimes you can overlook somebody who may be a little quirky. Their personality yes. isn't necessarily like matched matched to yours. And so you could quickly move on and be like, eh, yeah, I don't know if I want that person as my friend. I don't really think I could hang with them. But when you really dig deeper and th- that's not what keeps a friend going, no, it, a friendship it, going. You just nailed it. Here's the funny thing. When the most common denominator between a friend or a husband wife is a dogged an imperfect, stumbling and bumbling pursuit of Jesus. It's amazing what God can do. Absolutely. I mean, one of my best friends in ministry was somebody who I initially, I didn't think we were necessarily that compatible. I mean, personality wise, interest wise, we were very different. And I don't know that 10 years ago or 20 years ago, we would have like gravitated towards each other in our younger days. But there's something about when you're about the same thing, when your hearts are locked together in the things that matter, that the rest of the stuff that's more superficial really doesn't matter as much. Allie, you know my bride. Absolutely. Love her. She's a great woman. 
we are so different. Agreed? Yeah, very I mean, much so. In some ways, here's a spectrum. God birthed Janine at this end of the spectrum and Carl at this end of the spectrum. Now, has that had its challenges? Yeah. But you know what gives us stay in power? We're both. We've we got our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. And for the joy set before us, we're following our Savior. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, that's what keeps it going. So when you go to church and you're looking for a friend, it's a great place to look. But find someone who from their lips and their actions, you know, they're disciples of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is fun to talk about this stuff. Coming up, minute and a half, more cool friend songs here. Get that one from the first hour that we played? Yeah. That thing is so good. Plus, Allie, it's her favorite. She gets in here howling at the moon. I didn't realize there were so many great friendship songs. Oh, Oh, yeah. Some good ones. Going full Millie Vanilli in there. Oh man. Just close your eyes. Well, then close your eyes. We lost her. Try to feel. And then if you can remember. And then if you can remember. Boy, she's got it. <laughs> Say it again. Keep shining. Knowing you can always count on me. For sure. song i love that one when did that come out <laughs> it was 1985 85 oh, okay. been earlier than that okay yeah that was a good one. Oh man hmm. i'll get you all misty-eyed <laughs> <laughs> for sure so we had a great comment from a guy named jack yeah asking about uh picking the right kind of friends i think another layer to this is building friendships and kind of having the right level of intimacy with the different people in your life. And Carl, you've used a, an illustration that I've shared with my kids that they've found to be so helpful as they navigate. I've got an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old who navigate their own little friendships. And I've shared this one. It has to do That's with really kind of cool. using a house yeah. and the different parts of a house as different levels of friendship. My wife uses this metaphor every other day. Really? Oh, all the time. Okay, explain it. So here's the deal. So we just gave you the the fact that you want to find someone who is running toward Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And that's a great analogy. And you, by the way, finding someone who is moving toward Jesus rather than someone that's just hanging around, around Jesus' people, it's a game changer. I mean, that's a game changer. Imperfect as people are, if they're moving toward the Lord, look out. So... 
there's another layer of this, though, and I'm so glad you mentioned this, Allie. She told me we need to talk about this, and she's right on. Because we're sometimes hunger, hungry for a friendship, we find ourselves sharing at levels way too deeply too quickly before trust has been earned. Yeah. And that's a danger. The yard analogy is a good one. It works both ways. If you find yourself in a friendship with someone that has betrayed a trust, this, and this analogy works. And if you find yourself looking for a friend, it works. So imagine uh, you've got a street, and you've got a sidewalk, and then you've got a little picket fence out there, and then you've got a yard, and you've got your flowers, and then you've got your front porch. And then you open the door and you go walk inside. And I mean, I, that lobby, that's a cool place. That's where friends are getting a little closer. I mean, they're in the house now, you got man. got a lobby in your house? Well, up entry. Okay. Foyer. Okay. Unless we're picturing something. If I have a lobby, you need to see what they're paying me around this place. Uh, so you got a foyer or whatever that is, a little entry area. And then you've got a living room and you've got a kitchen and you've got a fireplace. And on that fireplace, you got some especially on a day like this, you got some fresh cookies and some milk right there. And that's where work gets done. We gravely err when we bring people right into the hearth and have the milk and cookies. You don't do that. It, wisdom says trust is earned. And so you begin a friendship with a cup of coffee and you know what you're doing? You're bringing them off the street onto the sidewalk and maybe you're as bold as to bring them inside and then after a lunch or two, you can bring them on the front porch and you're sitting there and you're having chats about life. Still haven't brought them in the front of the house. But as time goes by, you open the door and you say, come on in to my castle. <laughs> <laughs> come on in. I want to want to have you get to know me a little bit more. Start eating in the kitchen and then sometimes you venture right down to that fireplace and you're going, let me show you my soul. But that takes a little time. And by the way, if someone has been at the fireplace having fresh cookies and a big old tall cool glass of milk, and then they went outside on the street and they shared what they found out at the hearth, they go back outside. Yeah. They go back outside. And you do not let them in until a lot of trust has been rebuilt, and it'll take a long time. Yeah. You say, well, Pastor Carl, do you have people like that in your life? You betcha. You betcha I do. And I'm not angry about it, but I'm resolved. I'm resolute. Yeah. There's people in my life that I had in our kitchen, on our couch, at the fireplace, eating great cookies and a tall glass of cool milk. And you know what? They're on the sidewalk, and when they walk by, I'll wave. Hey, how are you? But are they coming through the gate and onto the porch? Let me be definitive. Heck no. Yeah. Heck no. Now, you put those two analogies together, you got yourself a friend-making ministry here. And the reason why I find this to be so helpful, I think particularly if you have younger people in your life, I mean— their language around friendship is very loose. They've got friends on social media. They've got friends that are classmates. They've got friends on sports teams. And so there's not a lot of words for them to use, but how this has been helpful for my kids is they now understand categories. Okay, so let's take my son, who is 11 years old. He's got classmates. He's got guys that he goes and plays on the football field with after school. They toss around the ball. They share a couple laughs and jokes. 
but they're front porch friends. And he and he gets that. And so for for his level of understanding, they're not people I'm going to like share deep stuff with. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time. But I'm not necessarily going to bring them into the house. Boom. For a young man and to so get that. And so for them to understand those sort of categories, I really want to give you this as a, for, for parents and grandparents. Help arm your kids with this because it's so clear to them. And then they understand how to relate to the people in their lives. We're friendly. Yeah, I can even call them my friends, but they're not a bring into around the fireplace kind of friend. Only a couple people are in that category and that is okay. It's okay. And you know what's funny? A lot of Christians think that it's a spiritual thing to bring everyone into the fireplace. No, it's not. Jesus didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It was a small few. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're not friendly with people, no. that you don't like people and you can't hang out. And because there's lots of people in these different places and categories and you love them and you care for them and maybe intimacy builds and you eventually bring them into the house, but maybe you don't and that's okay. Yeah. And by the way, most of the guys on your boy's team, you're waving across the fence to them and it's fine. Yeah. If you trot everyone that you meet into the fireplace, oh. My goodness, it's going to be painful. Now, on the flip side of this, I want to share one last thing, Allie. I think it's important. Some of you need to learn how to take a risk because you've kept everyone out on the street. Yes, that's another part of this, that you will not let anybody in. Nope. You're a closed book. Ain't nobody coming in. You better learn how to take a risk. Some people might tromp on your flowers and you show them back out the... (laughs) You're out on the sidewalk again. And by the way, you don't have to announce to them. You're on the sidewalk. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't have stations of friendship and tell everyone where they're at on it. Just do it. But some evangelicals have been burned in the past where it's difficult and they think everybody needs to stay on the street. Sorry, I'll wave at you. You're going to know what I dress, but you're not going to know my heart. Yeah. And we've got to take a risk and let that happen. Good word, Allie. Man, thanks for that reminder. That's, isn't that a great analogy? It's a, it's, it's a really, really good one. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. You just remember what your past said. Or you got a friend in me. Yeah, you got a friend in me. <laughs> just reminded me of something. Uh, my best man at my wedding's Joe Galindo. And uh, he's still a good buddy. I'll text him. He was a diehard 49ers fan. I was a diehard 49ers fan. He moved to Seattle, and uh, <laughs> he went to the dark side. <laughs> so How do you awful. go from one division rival to another? Because he married into it, and then uh, his kids are ape uh, goo-goo for the Seahawks. <laughs> so anyway, I call him up, and he said, listen, dude, in my heart of hearts, I'm still a Niner fan. I said, well, that's good to hear. In fact, he sent me a picture. He's got a... Seattle Seahawks jacket on with a 49er oh, no. ball cap. Oh, recent no. game. <laughs> you know, uh, one of our our good friends of the show in here, Ryan, sitting next to me training on the board, he said, you can't be unequally yoked. you got to be careful about that. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I mean, if your wife's diehard Seahawk fan, then you can build a case spiritually, you better become a Seahawk fan. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of true. You can build a case. But Joe, Joe was a good friend to me. So he was a straight shooter. 
He's got a little bit of that Italian vibe, runs mm-hmm. thick. Okay. Uh, first time I met his family, <laughs> he was the only redeemed kid in his whole family. I walk in, his dad runs a cement truck, his mom's a real estate agent. I walk into a cloud of smoke. I mean, they're chain smoking over breakfast. And they are painting that house blue with Gus words. And I'm just cracking up. I'm like, (laughs) man, what a great home. And I love those kind of people. Those are my kind of people. So I sat down there, had some breakfast with them, you know, clearing the fog of the smoke. You get the Marlboro (laughs) fog going there. It was something else. Talk about secondhand smoke. I might as well just been eating a pack of cigarettes (laughs) that morning. (laughs) So it was uh, it was an awesome morning. He became a dear friend, best man in my wedding. And one day he called me up when I was, I was having a pity party for myself. Got back from Africa, got involved in a church, going to seminary, started my own uh, commercial waterproofing company in Denver, Colorado. And I was having a bad stretch for a couple of weeks. Called him up. Said, hey, Joe. He said, what's going on? He heard all my story and all that. He said, well, I've been listening to you for a little bit here, Carl. He said, you know, I love you. He said, oh, I know you do, Joe. He says, get over it. (laughs) Get your Bible open and start following Jesus again. He said, are you going to let petty things hold you up? That's not the Carl I know. Mm. Get going. That's great. Boy, he opened a can on me. It was what you needed, right? It's what I needed. It was yeah. a friend who loved me enough to say, is going to cut a little bit. But we need these people in our life. Do you have that kind of friend in your life? We would love to hear about him or her. It's a kingdom friendship. It's a partnership. You're both better for it. 312-274-9624. Give us a call, guys. 312-274-9624. Philip from Aurora, tell us about that friend. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year, bro. You know, Super Dad, I got to tell you, Heather and I were out there in the driveway at 6 o'clock this morning, shoveling <gasps> our snow together, man. It was great. Oh, Philip. <laughs> so we, we snowed and we salted our driveway, the only driveway in the neighborhood. Oh, good. Here you go. All right, my friend. <laughs> oh, I salted my eggs. I didn't do the driveway. Oh. <laughs> all right. That's what do you right. give us your story, hey, Philip? You know brother, I, I got a dear friend, man. Is uh, brother Dave Smoot, man? He uh, he's my accountability brother. And this this story happened at 2014, man. And, and you know, Carl, and some of you know the story on the team that that I was going through a rough patch. I was not loving my wife as Christ loved the church. I was involved with several extramarital affairs. Um, I had stopped using drugs, but I had not stopped using my wife in a Mm. very ungodly way. And we were sitting in small group in in Dave's, my friend's home. And he got a phone call from my son who had received a phone call from my wife. And this man got off the phone and looked me dead in the eye in front of my other brothers there in his living room and said, Philip, you're wrong. You're dishonoring your wife. You're lying to her. You are gaslighting her. And you know it's against God's will. What are you going to do? He, hold it. He busted you out in front of the whole group? In front of the small group. Right on. Twelve, twelve other men sitting there in this living room. I had to look around that room and had to face every single one of those men, look them in the eye and say, this is what I've done. I've been dishonest. I've lied before God. I've lied. I've sinned before you men. 
um, here's where I am. That was that was the lowest point as a man in front of other men, in front of my peers. That was the lowest point of my life. But you know something, that man loved me that much to not to wait to do it. You don't have to admit it left. You know, he said, no, you need to be held accountable right now with these brothers that you've been sitting here with for weeks, for months. And pretending everything is okay when everything was not okay. And you know something, that brother right now is my closest mm. kingdom to this day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because you know what? There's a lot of people that can bust you out, but who's willing to walk you with it, walk you through it? Come on. Yeah, you just can't don't don't bust them out and then leave them hanging. Bust them out and then walk alongside yes. them arm in arm. That's yeah. key. And 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 continue to love them. Continue to love them. Hey, let me ask you a question, Philip. <laughs> yes, sir. When they brought that out in front of all those brothers, were you in a were, were you in that crisis moment where am I going to keep the charade going or am I going to was that well, that must have been a dicey moment right there when Satan's saying keep hiding it and the Holy Spirit's going no you're it's out now, bro. Are you kidding me? Everything on my body puckered. <laughs> Everything, man. <laughs> Everything puckered, man. You know how you get that you get that feeling where you can't catch your breath? And all of a sudden you know, you can't you can't catch your breath and all of a sudden the world starts to slip away and you hear things in echo. That's where I was. Yeah, I it love was that. that it was that yeah, it, it was heavy. It was heavy. But praise God. Praise, praise God, God for his for his for his honesty. And and by the way, I mean you didn't all you did is choose to go with the Holy Spirit who's saying walk this way. That's what's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You know, All right. There comes a point. There's a come a point, man, where the rubber hits the road. Yeah, that's awesome. Philip wow. from Aurora. Thanks for sharing that yeah, with that's... the honesty there. Wow. Got a friend. I mean a friend indeed. Mary from Stager. Good to have you with us. What do you say? Good morning. Uh, I love this radio station. It's the first thing I turn on when I get in my car. Good. <laughs> wow. But I was Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's always on this radio station. As soon as I get in, I hit the button and turn it on because I just love the conversations that people call in with. And this day, about the friend thing, I do have a friend that is, is a very spiritual friend to me, has always been since we've known each other. And I think it's because her grandmothers, her grandmothers were very spiritual women awesome. and they installed that into yes, her. That... She's the oldest grandchild. Oh, that is so powerful. And she's a year older than me. But it's like I told her I want to be like you when I grow up. I love it. The spiritualness that she has and the light that she has when she comes around people and the smile, it generates that spirituality that she has. And over the years, she has definitely given that to me and has been by my side, through thick and thin, when I have struggled with my spirituality, you know, my questions, I can call her on the phone and, and she basically helps me out in areas of the Bible that I don't understand. Boom. So I appreciate her as, as a friend, as a spiritual sister. Uh, it's just wonderful to have those because a lot of people don't have that in their lives. Yeah. So you I are. thank y'all for having that conversation, that, that subject today. Yeah, thank you, Mary. You're a great sister. Wow. wow. Call back any time, Mary. Yeah, I mean, and how fired up is she? I love it. Goodness sakes. Got the best boom crew. We do. We got the best going in the world. 
Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.